First Kings chapter number two, and uh, probably one of the, uh, y- and y'all know, uh, I don't really usually, it'll be Thanksgiving and I'll preach on, you know, the children of Israel wandering around uh, the wilderness, uh, or it'll be Christmas and I'll preach on the crucifixion just because, I don't know why, it just uh, happens, but um, I actually got a Father's Day message, uh, so you should be proud. <laughs> But uh, but anyway, I want to want to look at probably one of the most well known father and son uh, referred to uh, text between father and son, and I want to preach to you this morning uh, from First Kings chapter two, the encouragement of a good father, the encouragement of a good father, and uh, I've had a few sobering events happen in my life and. Um, thinking about having a a baby on the way and being about three months uh, out on that and how that's changing my aspect, even looking at these little ones back here and thinking about how the magnitude of of what that means to have a child, what that means to um, be a father, be a mother, be, I don't feel that, Shelby can, she can carry that load, but uh, feeling feeling the load of being a father is enough. Um, You're the head of the home, you're the the spiritual leader, you're the uh, you're the guide um, in in those aspects, and that's uh, it's just a, a lot of a lot of new weight that I've never felt, and I'm just really going to God's word and praying that He will uh, He will just guide me in that, and I know He will, but I, I want to be faithful, and I want to give Him the direction of our home and the direction of our family, and I want Him to to guide us because if He's guiding. Uh, me in my life and I've seen him guide me and I've had success due to the guidance of the Lord I know that he can do it for my kids uh, the world will look a lot different I believe if it continues for another 10 years it'll look we've seen how quickly um, it's went uh, to what it is today and uh, so another 10 years is just oh my goodness you imagine what uh, 10 years looks like right now it looks like what 100 years used to look like as far as the moral change or the the cultural change and so uh it's going to be a different world that my my children will grow up in and anybody with little ones uh this world is going to be different but i believe that uh even in the time where david he's he's been the leader the spiritual leader the physical leader the uh the the military leader of israel for so long and he's passed it on this torch to to Solomon, and uh, here, here he is. I mean, you know that he was concerned about his son and what would come in the future. So I believe he gives him a few things to encourage him in his life and his leadership of Israel here. And I want to read beginning in verse number one, and we'll read through verse number four. And I'll share with you real quickly what God's put on my heart, and uh, we will uh, we'll just uh, we'll go from there. The Bible says. Uh, First Kings chapter 2, verse 1, Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die. And he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man. I'd always stop there. I'd always stop there because I, I feel like the way I was raised that I just know what that means. Like, show you, be a man, grow, you know, man up. And uh, me and dad had that conversation yesterday. Me and mom and dad had that conversation conversation yesterday about something, facing something in my life. And I'm just uh, fighting tooth and nail with something and fighting tooth and nail with uh, something in my career and just something that's that's just, just hounding me and wearing me out and just burning me up and just talked to Shelby and had to 
you know, just have to talk about it. And I was praying through it and then talked to mom and dad about it. And that's what it comes back to is in the situation is, is it's just like, you've been given the tools, you know how to handle it. You just got to go do it. And, uh, and so it was very helpful for me. And I realized that we, we think we grow to this position in our life where people don't have to tell us just to, just to go on, just to push through. Nobody just has to tell us anymore to man up and go on. And, uh, and we realized that, that, it's good that we have people in our lives that care enough to, to tell us that. Uh, you've got some people that will get around you, and they, they won't just tell you straight up what, the way things are. They'll just kind of coddle you and kind of pet you a little bit and make you feel like, oh, everything's okay. Make you feel like that, uh, you know, you'll be all right. You just do what you feel and, you you know, do what you feel. Do what you think rather than praying about it. Say some, For somebody to say, hey, why don't you pray about it? Why don't you just take some time with the Lord and try to see what he would uh, desire from that situation, what he would think. Uh, that's few and far between. And you tell some people to pray about stuff, and it's like you've just uh, you put a burr under their saddle because they, they, I mean, it's like they're offended by you telling them to pray about something. And uh, when we found out my mamaw had uh, the diagnosis with cancer, uh, I felt such a great peace over me uh, as I began to pray. And uh, that's one thing that I, you want to talk about getting ready to pray. I was, <laughs> I was ready to pray. And I didn't know how else to react to that. I didn't know how else to, to deal with that. And as I got down, laid down on the floor uh, in, my, in my prayer closet and got on my face and began to pray about that situation, I got so much peace about it because I began to realize that my mamaw is a praying lady. She's already prayed for it. Uh, she's already got a hold of the Lord for it. And I've got peace sitting here right now uh, thinking that, that the Lord's already handling the situation. And I'm not trying to go off of what, what I'm talking about, but we were talking about prayer. And to think about David and looking at his son coming along, I believe that through the prayer, he was somebody that was connected to God. The Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. And so when it comes down to this situation of his son coming along, we know that, that as Solomon's beginning to take up and pick up the mantle of Israel, we know that David was a praying man. We know that he was desiring uh, in his heart for, for Solomon to have those same kinds of dedication to the Lord, to have that same kind of relationship to the Lord. And so as he encourages them, and I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about how that <clears throat> I would just read this and I'd think, show thyself a man, and that was just kind of it. I never really read any deeper into it. And as I began to read in verse number 3, it says, Show thyself a man, in verse number 3, and keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies as it, as it is written in the law of Moses that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest and whithersoever thou turnest thyself that the Lord may continue his word which he spake concerning me. Now, I believe that David first and foremost challenges his son, of course, to, to be a man, man up. I've raised you. You know what to do. Uh, the Bible teaches if you train a child up in the ways of the Lord that they will know, they will remember, they will walk in those ways. That they, they may not always succeed in what they're doing. They, they will fall short. They will sin, but they will remember what they were taught. And that's what David is charging Solomon with here. He's a good father. He's encouraging his son. First, love the word of God. You know why we're having so much problem in our country and our world and in our uh especially our local communities right now we see this mess going on we see what people are doing we see people out shooting innocent people killing innocent people burning down innocent people's stuff 
And and I we uh, I got involved with a new uh, podcast that I'm working on with a friend of mine, and it's it's more along of uh, kind of talking about these things. And you can sit down and you can talk about what's going on for an hour and a half, but the true root of the issue is is that there is missing a guiding some kind of guiding source, some kind of guiding direction. These people they don't value anything to tell them how to live or how to walk and so they're out doing these things wrong and the sin in their life is not being convicted because there's nothing out there that they value enough to follow there's nothing that they they feel in their heart they certainly don't believe that the the constitution is out there or or that law is out there to guide them or lead them so why in the world would they believe that the bible's out there leading them and guiding them and telling them what to do. And David knew that if he and his son and his children did not instill a sense of love for the word of God, he says, and keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments. He knew that if he did not instill in Solomon a love for the word of God, that he would not have any success in his life because he didn't have anything that he would go back to when things got tough, when things, when times were, were down, when he spiritually uh, couldn't go through, when he couldn't pray, he f- didn't feel like he could get a hold of God. If he didn't have something in his life that, that, that he knew was a guiding source as a reference that he could go back to, knowing that he was, he was being led straight, he was being led true from that word. He, he knew that Solomon would had, wouldn't have success. And you find when Solomon doesn't have success in his life, it's times that he veered away from the word of God. And so David is just trying to instill in him, instill in him and show him this love for the word of God, that's going to be a key to your success in your life. We were talking, and I, I, I wish I would have added it, but... Thinking about that thing about prayer and how we, we have trained up a generation that's gotten lazy with prayer. I mean, I, I myself, I find so much left to be desired in my prayer life. I find so much about my prayer life that I, I don't do like I should. I find so much because the thing is if you believe this Bible and you understand this Bible, that prayer and that relationship between man and God, that's one of the greatest gifts that were given to us. It's probably the greatest gift uh, given to us aside from the salvation that allows eternity in heaven with Jesus. But thinking about uh, prayer is that we can literally, I don't have to go see no priest. I don't have to talk through through uh, a wall in a box. I don't have to send a letter to, to God. I don't have to do anything like that. But as his children, in a matter of an instant, I could reach out to him. I could pray to him. I could get on my knees. I could get on my face with a humble heart. If I'm driving down the road, if I'm uh, walking down the street, I can speak to him and he hears me. And Jesus is beside him saying, this is my child. This is who I died for. This is who I gave my life for. And I want you to hear, Lord, hear their prayer. I've washed them clean with my blood. And how great, how, how, how great that is that we can have that relationship, but how shameful it is that we are in our own Christian lives, not that more dedicated to prayer. How shameful it is in our own, Christians, in our own Christian lives, we're not teaching these children to come up and pray to the Lord. Nellie, I have people do the same thing to me. Pray about this. Pray about this. Pray about this. And I, I appreciate it. It makes me feel good when people want me to pray about things. But I had a preacher one time. I went to him. I kept asking him to pray for stuff. And he said, let me ask you something. Are you praying about it? And I was like, well, yeah, I am, but I need help. He said, 
It's your situation you're going through. He said, it's what you're dealing with in your life. He said, why don't you, why don't you pray to the point where you can't pray anymore? And he said, I want to join in and help you pray. But he said, I, I don't want to come in and have to pick up your slack. I mean, he was just blunt, I mean, as, as straight up as it could be, and that hurt my feelings. But he said, if you pray up and you pray up and you prepare and you dedicate your time to praying about this situation, when it gets to me, hey, I'm just, I'm just trying to help here by this point in time. I'm not doing the work for you. David, I think, would encourage, encourage Solomon that in his prayer life, and we find Solomon, he was a prayerful person. He was a thoughtful person. He was a wise person. But I think David would instill in his son prayer. He would instill in his son a love for the word of God. It goes on and it says, in his, uh, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. I think people have a misconception of what success looks like. In my mind and what I believe, I believe that what success looks like is if you can compare my life to the, the things that are in, put, out, put out in this Bible and the things that are written down in this Word, if you can see in my life a reflection of this Word, that is the true reflection of success. That's the true means of success in life. I can own every piece of land from here to the, the Pacific. I can own uh, every vehicle that I ever want. I can own everything I could ever have. And you find Solomon did. He it was a probably the wealthiest man to ever live on the earth. He had more than anything in the world, but you find in his life it, there was an emptiness without God, without the relationship, without that love for God's word. Uh, there's, not, there's not happiness. There's not peace. He ends up actually writing an entire book of the Bible about his, his pain and his torments and his hurt, and he says all is vanity. That's what he says throughout that entire book is vanity. Everything's vanity without God. But if you can take my life, and, and, and this is what we should instill in this next generation, is if you can take your life, Life. Success doesn't look like look like having a high-paying job. Success doesn't look like uh, owning this or owning that or doing this or don't, owning that. Success isn't how many people that like you on Facebook or follow you on Instagram. Success is not uh, all the people that pat you on the back because of what you've done and what you've accomplished. But success is being able to go to go to bed every night and sleep knowing that you're right with the Lord and sleep knowing that you love God's word and sleep knowing that you live like God's word. And why in the world would we not want to show that? To our children why in the world would we not want to encourage this next generation to love God's word because I'm going to tell you something it's concerning that it's scary to think about the amount of people that are not being raised in church they're not even their 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 parents didn't go to church their grandparents didn't go to church nobody's ever taught them anything different and you've got these precious little children that'll grow up and you've got this mess being pushed into their head and things that they're being taught to believe from the time they're just this big and they're being shown uh, this wrong way of doing things and you just Contraption quit over here. <laughs> but if we can't teach and show these children to love the Word of God, there's nothing worth living for. Right, right. I mean, it, the life that we live, we can have success, we can live what we could deem a happy life, but we get to the end and we die and we've accomplished nothing. Right. I'm not saying that we can't have anything, and I say that a lot. I'm not saying God God wants us to enjoy what we have. Some people have more than others. There's some people that don't have a lot and they're happy because they love and live for the Lord. And there's some people that have a lot and they're happy because they love and live for the Lord. That's okay. 
But it's the way you prioritize things. And things. And David is saying that if you want to prosper in your life, if you want to be happy in your life, if you want to have success in your life, love the Word of God. He goes on to say, verse number 4, he says, that the Lord may continue His Word, which He spake concerning me. I want to stop there for just a second because this is his goal. There, there was a promise over in, uh, you find it in uh, 2 Samuel, but uh, also you find it in Psalms 132, verse 12. Well, I'm going to read verse 11 and 12. The Bible says, The Lord hath sworn in truth unto David, he will not turn from it. Of the fruit of thy body will I set upon thy throne. If thy children will keep my covenant and my testimony that I shall teach them, their children shall also sit upon the throne forevermore. And so we find a promise made to David that if his children, if his generations will follow the Lord, that, that his lineage will forever, forever stay on the throne of Israel. Well, who comes from the lineage of David? Jesus Christ. We know that because of the instillment in the minds of their children, that down the line eventually Jesus came from this family. As it was prophesied and as it was said, we know that forevermore he is the king of Israel. He, will, he is the king of the world. He will establish a kingdom back up on this earth. And he will forevermore be successful. But it's, back, it's right here at this pivotal moment, this pivotal time, that David is challenging Solomon for the future. He's saying, the Lord may continue his word. David wanted his children to grow up and experience the same happiness, the same joy, and the same success that he was able to experience. I told Shelby yesterday, I said, I don't understand why people don't want to just live happy, peaceful lives. I don't, I don't understand it. I'm the type of person, if you don't bother me, I won't bother you. I'll do my thing and you can do your thing. If, we, if you want to be my friend, I'll be your friend. We'll be, we'll be friends. But I, I'm not going out looking for trouble. I'm not going out looking for a fight. I've done that. I've lived that. I've got punched in the head a few times for that. And that's not the way I want to be. That's not the way I want to live. I just want to live a happy, peaceful life. And I believe that I'll grow up a little bit differently, and I'm still growing up. I believe that I will, when I get to 50, when I get to 70, if the world continues until then, if I don't have to strap a machine gun to my Hyundai, then I believe if I get to that point in time and I live that long, that this world will be a lot different than it is even today. But I do know that regardless of how tough it gets, if I'm allowed to continue on this earth, that I want my children to at least have some sort of spiritual relationship with the Lord. I tell you what, this what's happening right now may be what reactivates prayer in our homes. What's going on right now may be what reactivates revival in our churches. What's happening right now may reactivate people in their spiritual relationship to the world or to the Lord. I don't want to see the world go this way. I don't want to see our country go this way. But I know that we've turned away. Even Christian people, the most dedicated Christian people, have grown up and lived lives that are so uh, beneficial and so successful to us that God's been put on the back burner. It's no wonder that we, when we've turned away from him that he, he's allowing these things to happen because we have turned our backs upon him. And if you say, well, I haven't, I, you need to take a look at it. I tell you, look at all God's done for us. If you're not on your face in some, and I'm preaching to myself, uh, if we're not on our faces praying that God would just have mercy on us, 
because of, because of how quickly we see things turning from peaceful and happy to the way they're looking right now. Why would we not want to this peace to continue? Why would we not try to get a hold of the Lord and say, Lord, preserve our nation. God, preserve our future. God, bless us because I want my kids to grow up. In the, the America I grew up in, I was thinking earlier about the way it was. I was in uh, the fifth or, not the fifth grade, first or second grade when 9-11 happened. And I mean, I was just a little kid, but I see, I saw how much that shook our, shook our nation. I saw that how much that shook people. I saw how much that shook the church. And I remember this calling back to the way to the Lord, number one, but this calling back to the love for our country and this, this, this binding together as a nation. And we've let go of that. We've turned away from that. We've pushed away from that. And it's no wonder we're not seeing success. But I, in my heart, I want to see that come back. I don't want to see it just all uh, burn up and go away. I want to see a future for my children that is peaceful, that is happy, that is godly. And we may not. We may not. But even in the darkest of times, think about Israel and all they went through, the bondage, the slavery, the, the, the pain, the war, the, all they went through. They still, not all the time, but when they were a hold of the Lord, they were happy. As bad as things could get, I think if we just say, Lord... I want to continue in the word. Let my family have success, regardless of what's going on around us. So much is the perception of situations. If you look at every situation downtrodden and beat, beat already from the beginning, you're just, oh, well, I'm definitely preaching myself. That situation I was telling you about, I, that was one of those things where I just, I'm looking at the bad side of things. I'm not looking at the good side of things. But I want peace to continue. I want happiness to continue. I want my children and children today to grow up in a happy, peaceful world. But they may not. But I know in my home, I know in the four walls in which I'm the head of, that I can pray for peace there. I can pray for happiness there. I can't let what's going on Across this entire globe to find me to find my home what we're going to be Joshua said is for me and my house we will serve the Lord and that's what I want to settle in my heart that's what David was trying to settle in the heart of Solomon love the word of God then he said he, he challenges and encourages him to walk with the Lord he said and this is the promises that he's reminding Solomon of the promise the Lord made what we just read over in uh, Psalms 132 where it says if thy children will keep my covenant and my testimony that I shall teach them their children shall also sit upon the throne forevermore He's, he is bringing this to the attention of Solomon he says uh, the, that the Lord may continue his word which he spake concerning me saying if thy children take heed to their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul there shall not fail thee David is saying to Solomon, and, he, and, and I believe a good father would do this, encouragement, walk with the Lord. Love his word, and then walk with him. Live like something. I remember that, I remember doing something in school and getting in trouble and going home, and like one of the first few, few things my dad would say is, son, you drug my name through the mud. You drug your mom's name through the mud. You drug our family name through the mud. And if you understand the way our family is, family's a big deal. Our family name's a big deal. 
They want to instill. We want a good name as a family. We want people to think that we're, we're honorable, godly people. We're not, but no, I'm just kidding. We want people to, to look at us and say, you know what, that's, that's good people. We want people to, to, we want people to say this, this is a family that respects and believes in God's word. And so that was a lot on me when I was 10 years old to be like, you drug my name through the mud. But most importantly, you drug God's name through the mud. Oh, man, the crocodile tears would start then. But you think about that and the magnitude of what that means of bringing upon your family a bad reproach, but bringing upon the Lord a bad name. That's, just, that's shameful. That's bad. So if we instill walk with the Lord, don't just, you got a lot of people, you'd ask them, you put a Bible in front of them, do you believe this? Oh, yeah, I believe it. I ain't ever read it, but I believe it. And then you say, all right, well, well, I mean, I believe that answers itself if they walk with the Lord, but live it. That's the thing. You, you can have it in front of you, but if you don't live it, if you don't do it, you, if, you ha- if there's a medicine out there that you know that you have to take, and I don't like taking medicine. We've, we've gotten to the point, I mean, I've had headaches for a long time. It's a family issue. It's just headaches, migraines. And when Shelby got involved with... Uh, Young living in essential oils and everything. She got, I was so anti. I was like, no, I'll just take five ibuprofen every day for the rest of my life. I've gotten to the point, God has blessed, where I, I don't hardly ever take any kind of medication for my headaches or migraines. Using different things and I think just getting some of the mess out of her home. But if I knew in front of me that there was a medicine that if I didn't take it, my head was going to blow off my shoulders. And I just let it lay there and I didn't take it. How ignorant of me would that be? I mean, if I, if I knew that right in front of me there was something that could save my life. It's like you see people that don't, they, they're, they're just out and about going, driving. They don't pay attention to anything. Knowing that that steering wheel in front of them could potentially save their life. Why would you not pay attention and try to be careful? When you've got God's word in front of you as a Christian and you don't utilize it and you don't use it, it that doesn't make sense you've literally got the key to living a successful happy joyful life in front of you and you don't use it it blows my mind and he's he's reminding David's reminding Solomon the Lord promised me that if my children walk with the Lord he will give them success and he will give generations to come success the encouragement of a good father looks like Somebody that says, we believe that there is something of a spiritual nature guiding us and telling us how to live. But we can't let it stop there. We have to actually live what that word says. These old saints we was talking about that were prayer warriors that are going along. We feel those gaps. Not F-I-L-L, F-E-E-L. Is that right? We feel them. They are empty. You know that old that old country song, "Who's going to fill their shoes?" It, I'm telling you, there's some empty shoes because there's not people big enough, good enough, holy enough to fill those shoes. F I L L. And so there are empty voids, there are empty shoes, there are empty places, and it's not. We ain't missing preachers. We got plenty of preachers. We got plenty of people that want to lead the choir. There's plenty of people that want to lead Sunday school, but those prayer warriors, they're few and far between. Those people that actually get a hold of the Lord. 
And I believe that's what David is trying to still hear. Walk with God. If you walk with him, you will be strong. You will be successful. You will be happy. I'm not trying to be down and out. It's just the fact of the matter is that there, there's, there's an issue with a lot of people that don't walk with the Lord, that don't walk the straight and narrow path. I always think about people, especially the older generation, that it always happens like this. The, the older generation doesn't understand why the next generation does or looks at what, you know, why, why do they do that? I don't understand that. And there was somebody before them that looks down and, Thanks about them. When Britton, when he was a young whippersnapper, I don't know. I don't know about him. But you probably look at me and think there's things about me you don't understand why people my age do what they're doing. But I tell you what, what bridges that gap is you, if you could look at me and I can look at you and think, man, he walks with the Lord. Or you could, I, I hope you could look at me and think, he walks with the Lord. That's what passes on this torch from generation to generation. We're, we grew up different generations. You had to, certainly more hardships, I'm sure, growing up than I ever have ever had to deal with. But through the Lord, there's a connection. You've passed down to your children. I want to pass down to my children so that they can, in their lives, feel in their heart the love for the Word of God. That's something that's timeless. You don't have to be, that's what blows my mind is, Church brings together people that don't work the same kind of jobs, that don't uh, didn't grow up the same way, didn't grow up with the same money, didn't grow up in the same types of houses, didn't grow up in the same generations. God's word brings those people together, and it can bring success for the future. And that's what you see with David is he's saying, walk with the Lord. He promised me that he won't leave us, that he'll give us success if you'll just walk with him. One more part, and I'll be done. I know I say that a lot, but I really do. Funny story, we had pop, everybody, does everybody know what popcorn preaching is? We have, yeah, you'll have multiple, four, different, three, four preachers, 10, 15 minutes apiece. There's this older gentleman that was coming to the church that, that we were going to, and after I just started preaching. And I went in, and I was ready to preach. It was probably the third, fourth time I ever preached. I was so excited. And the first time I ever preached, I preached 35 minutes. So to cram all the stuff I have to say, I'm not trying to brag, I just I know I'm long-winded. To, to, to cram all the stuff that I had to say into 15 minutes was, was tough. I was like, man, I'm gonna have to, this will have to be a two-parter. I'll have to come back with the rest sometime at another time. I was so looking forward to preaching. And the preacher got up there, he's an older gentleman, he said, I want to give you, and I wrote it down somewhere. I've got it written down somewhere, probably one of my other Bibles. But he said, I want to give you seven steps to success in your walk with the Lord. Seven steps to success. I thought, man, he's going to get seven steps into 15 minutes. He didn't. He got seven steps into 60 minutes. <laughs> and uh, I know that's off, off track, but every time I say I'm about done, I know, I know I'm going to try to stop saying that. But I do have one more thought. David had encouraged his son, and a good, a good father encourages his children to love the Word of God, to walk with the Lord, but then finally to win with the Lord. The 
what it says here in Psalms 132, he says, I'm reading it one more time, but if thy children will keep, thy, keep my covenant and my testimony that I shall teach them, their children shall also sit upon the throne, upon thy throne forevermore. God knew that the, that the Messiah was going to come from the lineage of David. And he, when he challenged David with that thought, when he challenged David with that promise, the Lord knew that that promise would mean redemption, not for the, just the Jews, but for the Gentiles, for all people, all lives. I know that's controversial. All lives can take part in salvation. That's the purpose of Jesus and his coming to this, to this earth. Think about the magnitude your walk and your life with the Lord carries, what it could bring for the future. I'm, Jesus isn't coming out of anybody's lineage these days. We know that. But there's certainly people that if we raise good godly children, if good fathers can instill in their hearts, certainly down the road, those children can be witnesses of the gospel of Christ. And he says, here in verse 4, he says, If thy children take heed to their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, there shall not fail thee, said he, a man on the throne of Israel. David knew that if Solomon could love God's word, walk with the Lord, that he could win with the Lord, that he could live a life like David had lived. David, the greatest character in David's life, I believe, is Uriah the Hittite, Bathsheba's husband. That's the greatest character. That's probably one of my favorite Bible characters. He was probably one of the most honorable men in all of God's word. Isn't that sad? You've got David who's literally great, great character in the Bible. Real man that walked on this earth. But someone that he, he fell in his sin to overshadows him in his service. But David still won in his life. He, he was able to take part in victory because he was a man after God's own heart. He was a man that loved God. He was a man that followed God. He was a man that, that believed what God said. <clears throat> and he's telling Solomon, son, God's words are true. They are real. Walk with them. Live by them. Follow them. And you will be happy. You will have success in your life. And not only will you have success, but for generations to come, our family will continue and peace and happiness. Isn't that great? That God would do that for people that don't deserve it. The winning is that the Messiah of all the earth could come from their lineage. David had days up, up days, down days, and sin, and things in his life, and things he fell to, and so did Solomon. But they're flesh. We're flesh. I know that I'll have, we'll have our baby, God willing, and he'll grow up and he'll sin and he'll do wrong and he'll be in the same boat that I was in. But I pray that I've, I will instill enough in him that when he gets to that point of sin in his life, he thinks, man, I've got to do something to fix this. I want him to get convicted. I, I'm praying that I was saved when I was seven and I'm so thankful about being saved young. I've learned a lot. I've done a lot of wrong, done a lot of bad things. 
Just like these figures, David and Solomon, they, they did wrong, they messed up, they sinned. But the love of the Lord overshadowed that sin in their life. He washed it away, he wiped it away. And that's what he's done for you, that's what he's done for me. And that's what he's wanting to do for this next generation. A good father encourages his children to live for the Lord. Love his word. And live and win the victory because of how God or who God is. I've got good examples in my life of men that have been fathers, fathers and grandfathers. My dad and my grandfathers. Probably the three men I look up to the most. They're just they're something. There's people I know that didn't have daddies like I have. They may have been there, but they weren't there. Maybe they dad passed away before they had the opportunity to know or something happened. I mean, but God still puts, I believe, in people's lives, father figures that do show us right from wrong. And there's men that I know that have been figures and examples of men that I want to be like. That there's something in them honorable that is worth emulating, that's worth following. And I just pray that I could be that for my children and for other people, that they could see something that's worth following. Because right now, there's not a lot out there that's worth following. There's not a lot of honor. If you turn on the news, you won't see a lot of honor. You won't see a lot of respect. You won't see true manhood. You won't see true manliness. You just see craziness. And it's a lack of direction from the Father. They don't believe in the Father. And they either don't have a Father or they had bad direction from a father. I'd hate to know that that was a weight on my shoulder that I didn't provide enough direction. Appreciate you listening to me ramble on. Does anyone have anything? Anything on anyone's heart?